before I take you back to this episode, I want to let you know that you can book me for training and workshops around negotiation and conflict resolution. And that could be in a half a day, a full day. It can be online or face to face. So just email admin at lifemediation.com.au and let us know that you're interested. And then we work out what it is that you need and how we can move forward. The first year of separation is very difficult for most people, but it's not something that people often talk about. And in this episode, I interview Nikki Thomas, who's an amazing coach, and she shares how her first year of separation has been. She has some amazing tips and tricks for people who are going through separation right now, but also for us professionals, like what can we do better to help people who are going through that difficult period of time? Have a listen to this episode. You really don't want to miss it. Nikki is vulnerable and honest, and it was just such a pleasure to record this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I am Lizana Eriks. I'm a conflict resolution specialist and I've been a mediator and facilitator for over 12 years. I've been a finalist for the Australian Mediator of the Year Award for the last two years and I train, coach and mentor people to become highly effective in conflict resolution and negotiation so they can create the relationships they want in their homes and their boardrooms. Over the years, I've become deeply passionate about conflict resolution and negotiation because I see how much suffering it is causing people and it just does not have to be this way. When people truly get how conflict impacts their life and put the work in to get effective at conflict resolution, they get to experience deep connections with other people, freedom, self-expression and love. Have a look at the highlights on my Instagram page, Lisanna Eriks underscore life mediation, to find out more about what I do and why I do it. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you the conversations, insight and tools you need for you to switch on your inner conflict resolution and negotiation muscles and get you to a completely different level where you can resolve conflict powerfully and create the relationships you want in your life. Think about it. What would life be like if you would not be afraid of dealing with conflict and you would deal with it easily and quickly? It would change the game dramatically, wouldn't it? So let's get into talking about how to do this. Welcome to Conversations to Cut the Conflict. Hello, Nikki. Welcome back to Conversations to Cut the Conflict. How are you? Great. So great to be back. Thanks for having me. I don't know for people listening, Nikki was on the podcast. How long ago would it have been now? Um, like nearly two years, I reckon. You reckon? Well, I have to look up the, the number. I was going to be all saying which number of episodes it was, and now oh. I can't remember. So that's okay. Um, so Sorry, in, yeah, that's right. In that podcast, we talked about, you know, how you, what you did in your relationship Mm -hmm. to, you know, make it work again. And, and I guess you worked really hard, um, on making your relationship work, but I guess we're in a different phase now and it it didn't end up working out. Is that right? That's a hundred percent correct. So last time we spoke, I had, uh, moved out for six months and then gone back into, um, try and recreate the relationship. Now I've been separated for 12 months. So yeah. And, um, the reason I asked you back on is, um, because I really appreciate what you do out there in the world and you know obviously a coach and I saw a Facebook post of you about your first year of separation and when I saw it I was like oh I really think that a lot of my listeners really need to hear this because mm. um, a lot happens in the first year mm. of separation um, for my clients it's, it's a it's a it's a roller coaster normally 100% but I thought it would be really great um, for you to and thank you for being willing to do that by the way um to um to come and share with us like you know what was it like for you we just had a quick chat before we started and we all realized that everyone's 
experience is different but I think when you're listening I'd really like you to listen to Nikki's story and go well like what was it like for me what are the things that I can work on not like oh good for you I know right and that's what I'm trying to pull out too so of course I've had my own experience but as a coach and somebody who watches human behavior I'm trying to pull out the patterns of behavior that I've noticed and observing others that can be beneficial to everyone. So, you know, yes, unique situation, but we all kind of go through a roller coaster, like you said, mm. um, and different things will trigger that. So really trying to um, pull out the things that can be of benefit. And it's funny, thank you so much for asking me to come here because that post got so much attention. I think there's a real you know desire it's a little bit of an unspoken thing maybe like we're meant to say yeah it's great i made that decision to leave and everything's great and you know what it's actually not it's a really hard first 12 months so i wanted to be really vulnerable about that because number one i thought i was really prepared to Mm. be out of a relationship and to leave the marriage and um, i had done a lot of work on myself and communicating and what i did want and didn't want um and it still hit me like a ton of bricks. So I think that's a big one. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's really important for people to hear because I think a lot of people think there's something wrong with me and yep. I'm not strong enough because you're a strong woman. You've got yep. a lot of skills. you got, and you, like you said, you thought you were prepared and then it hits you like a ton of bricks. Can you mm. talk to me a bit more about that? What yeah. do you mean by that? Absolutely. And exactly what you said there, the question I was sort of going with was, um, what's wrong with me? This is what I wanted. Why aren't I happy? So I call it like the wedding syndrome, you know, like you've spent two years preparing for this thing and and you're like, oh, when I when I make the decision, my life will be easier. And if I could just get to that decision, if I just, you know, make that decision and say, yes, right, I'm out, then everything I'll be able to take a breath and everything will be easier. And it is like that to start with. It's a massive relief. And I notice it in my clients as well. There's a big relief. And then for me came the responsibility. I'm a single person now with three children to support and a business to run. And yes, I have, you know, an ex-husband who we're quite amicable and we have these conversations, but essentially I'm trying to create some distance with him as well. Mm. Um, So it felt very much like all of a sudden I couldn't be quite so risk-taking in my business. I couldn't be quite so fun. I had to be very serious. And that just goes against my whole (laughs) DNA. Do you know what I mean? Goes against my whole DNA. So I felt the pressure of responsibility and that's something that I really had to work into in not jumping into the victim pool of the identity of single mum. You know what I mean? There is a real social construct around that and I was like, no, I'm really going to work hard at not buying into that. I'm poor me, I'm a single mum, I can't. You know, so it's like, yes, I am now an independent person with children um, and how can I? So, But it was tough. Yeah, yeah, and and I think what we I think we were still offline when you said it. It's also when you are the person leaving it, yeah. the guilt, Big the guilt. Time. Yeah, so to, to, the guilt towards who your kids, your husband, it yourself, like yeah, kind of everyone. And I think this is a real woman thing. I think we hold a lot of uh, like I use the word over functioning a lot. We hold a lot of the responsibility. I'll often describe the woman in a family as like the nucleus of the family. So when she disrupts it, which is what I felt like, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'm disrupting it because I'm not happy. I'm out of this. Um, Then I've got, you know, extended family that that are impacted, um, ex-husband, children that are impacted. So and then seeing other people go through the struggle. So, for example, seeing him go through the grief cycle and how do I say this without throwing anyone under the bus? Being sort of told 
if you didn't make this choice, I wouldn't be having to go through this mm, Yeah, for everyone, yeah? And then observing my children as well. So I've got three kids. Two of them are older, so we can communicate really well about it. But the younger one, observing him get a little bit um, uncertain in his world and, you know, I just want things to be the same, mum. And yeah. why does it have to be this way? And having to explain that. So, yeah, I felt the guilt massively for that. I felt the pinch in my heart, you mm. know. Yeah. And, and what did you, because, you know, I think most people can relate to it. You're not the only one. I, I doubt yeah. there's anyone who makes a decision to leave that doesn't yeah. feel guilty. No, and I talk about this a lot with my clients saying, you know, it doesn't mean it's not hard if you make the decisions. You, you had your reasons and... Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. So what did you do to, I mean, I don't want to say get rid of the guilt because it mm. is there, but to, to work with that. So this is kind of leading us into the next point of support from friends and family. That can be a real double-edged sword, right? So, mm. so talking to people like yourself who see it more than me. So I'm doing this once in my life, yep. hopefully. <laughs> who knows? No. Say once. Yeah. Some people do more often, um, yes. But people like yourself who see it, who have seen this pattern of behaviour, you know, I've got another friend who's a lawyer in the family court system, has seen this pattern of behaviour and pulling out the emotion of it to say, let's look at the facts. You know what I mean? And let's look at um, how this went down. So definitely to step back out and look at, like I always say, separate the story that you're the bad person from everything that, well, for me, everything that I did to try and keep that marriage together. I was like, yep, I was at the end of that. I did everything I could. So I had Mm. to look at it quite logically. Um, And then I got my own coach as well for that period of time where I got to dig into some real stuff comes up that you probably didn't realize was there. You know, mm. stuff comes up about your own identity and your own upbringing and um, your perceived view of the world and all that. So, look, support is yeah. really important. Yeah. But I, but I like what you talked about, about support, because this is, I, I always say to everyone, I think I post about it fairly often as well, is like everyone is an expert on separation. Oh, my God. Yeah. So everyone is, <laughs> and people mean well, right? And they give mm, you your opinion about sometimes. what you should and should do. Maybe yeah. some people don't mean well, mm. but there's, there are people who do mean, but, but the point is everyone knows what they should be doing. Mm. And I think one of the concerns I normally have with it is that, um, even people who've been through it, mm. they're coming from you know their pain or yes. where, what they've been through, the and, they're, and they're saying this is what's happening when you do this. This is what will be happening with your kids, and I mean they're their kids. Everyone has different circumstances, but yeah. you've experienced that a lot as well. So you're dead right, and I think I call it same as when you're pregnant. Everyone tells you their horror stories, right? Mm. And it's the same with separation. Everyone's right. like, it's like, oh my god be careful, make sure you get a lawyer, like make sure you do this and that, watch out. I know you think it's all good now. And it's like, whoa, as if you haven't got enough pressure on yourself, Mm. you're copying this from externally as well. There's also what I noticed, a lot of curiosity from people who are maybe in relationships that they don't want to be in looking for proof or permission. Mm, I really, I had to shut down a lot of conversations around that. I didn't have to, but I chose to shut down a lot of conversations around that because they're looking for like, well, how did you cope and how do the kids cope and is everyone okay? And, oh, no, no, I think it's better to stay or, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's all right, isn't it? You know, and I'm like, well, no, it's not all right or I would have stayed. So, um, yeah, a little bit of comparison coming in there. So this is why I think it's so important to have your own identity around and support system for yourself because um, you've made a decision that's right for you. Mm. and nobody else can tell you whether that's right or wrong and that's the biggest thing yeah looking you know women being worried about letting everybody else down and it's like you know essentially their story is not your story and that can be where 
you know, tribal community. It's hard to separate those out sometimes. But, yeah, I really got brutally ruthless with my boundaries yeah. and who I wouldn't wouldn't talk to this about. Yeah, no, And now we're here for everybody to hear Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, of course, it's up to you what you share. And what oh, absolutely. Oh, we're down we're the track now. Now I'm like, yeah, I'll bring it. You know what I mean? But yeah. when, you're in the, when you're in the middle of it and you're going through that spiral of, like, not, you know, it feels wobbly. It feels like you're walking on a tightrope mm. and people are throwing things at you. And it's like, no, let's just stop throwing things for a minute and let me walk this tightrope and then I'll... Deal yeah. with all the things after. Or I'll ask if I want you to know. Correct. Because I don't think I've ever spoken to you about it without you saying yes. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that one of the things, when you have three kids, they're obviously mm. all very different. Mm-hmm. Like, so how can you compare, you know, your yes. situation to other people? It's like comparing apples with pears. People often come to me and say, well, this is what I'm looking for because my girlfriend or my, my, my ex-partner or my whoever, this is what they got out of the mm. finances. This is what happened with their kids. And yes. I'm like, well... Let's have a look what's happening for you. Yeah, and you need to do this and you need to do that. And even like I experienced very early on in the piece, first of all, it felt like a massive relief to me and I felt guilty about that. I was like, should this feel so good? You know, shouldn't I be sadder? Because society says I should be sadder. Mm. Um, And then when I went through the tough time, same thing again. Oh, shouldn't I be better by now? Like, shouldn't I have done this? And the the number one piece of advice, like the number one one thing is there's just no timeline. There's just Mm. no, you know, everybody experiences the same. You might be great one week and then in the pit the next week. And um, I had a beautiful friend support me through that because she'd been through a separation herself about 12 months ahead of me. And she was like, don't ever think that you're following a linear process. And that was a really big Mm. piece of helpful advice. Yeah, Mm. And grief. It comes in all sorts of shapes yeah. and sizes and it pops its head up on days that you don't expect it and all of a sudden there it is. Oh. But I think that's great. So no, it is what it is. You have to work through. And and also, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Nikki, but I always talk to people about, you know, don't suppress it either. Like you don't have to be constantly happy or it's all good. And you also are allowed to be really happy. So it's exactly. kind of that guilt as well, like you just described. So yeah. should I be happy? Oh, and if I'm sad, I shouldn't be. Yeah. Just allow the emotions to, I guess, pass through. Yeah. I think that's probably part of the, the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the, um, or what I want to call it a rebirthing process. Yeah, go like for coming it. back into the world. It's, it's your story. Yeah, yeah, you can exactly. call it whatever you want. Like coming back into the world as who you are is yeah. um is like you said, uh, being okay with all the emotions that you're feeling and not having to be a certain way for anybody else to be okay. I think that's a really big one. Before I take you back to the episode, I want to let you know that I have created free training for you, which spells out in detail what to do after separation. I've developed this so you don't have to end up in high conflict with your ex-partner. So go to whattodoafterdivorce.com to get access to this amazing free training. I'm just checking your, like I have it in front of me here, mm. the, um, because what you talked about something to be, you talked about some things to be aware of in the first mm. 12 months of what you experienced. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is um, the emotional addiction. Mm. So what do you mean by that? Mm. So um, for me, in my experience, when you are in a relationship that's turbulent, that's like that's struggling and there's a lot of emotional addiction. So it's the highs and the lows. And like any other addiction, your body and your brain produces chemicals that you become addicted to. So the highs and the lows, the high of the makeup and the low of the breakup, which you sort of go through quite a few times before the decision is made to split. You know, anybody who's been through this (laughs) knows what that feels like. Um, And then when you get out of that, uh, I found myself 
not feeling really comfortable, like feeling like something was missing and it was missing. I didn't have that addiction. I didn't have that high of the, um, what we call the drama cycle, which you Mm. know about. Um, and so, um, to find that high elsewhere. So looking for other areas that are positive for you to get that, um, emotional high. So, you know, happiness, dancing, gym work, running, whatever it is for you to sort of start to detox yourself off a negative drama cycle. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. So, and I'm sure you, you didn't look for the lows. Particularly. No, no, there's plenty of those. They just come on their own. Yeah. Like, okay. also, but you could though, couldn't you? Because people oh, like are very addicted to the it's really easy to connect with people. Misery loves company. It's really easy to connect with people on a he's so shit, poor me. Women mm. love that. Well, I'm, I'm only talking about women in my experience. I'm sure men love it too. But like, you know, oh, hey, my husband, ex-husband did this. And it's like, oh, you poor thing. You get lots of feedback from that and you can get really stuck in that and mm. don't get stuck in that. It's a shit place to be for everybody. It would be. Mm. I mean, as a professional working in this field, and, mm. as, and I know there's lots of professionals listening to this podcast as well, is what, what would you say to us? Like as how, professional. Yeah, how can well, we help or what can we do phenomenal better? Phenomenal question. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I observe you, Dan, you have a really um, unique point of view from it because you don't just look at the logistics of it and the mm-hmm. black and the white. Yeah, It's like people sometimes just want to be heard. Yeah. And I think that's massive. People sometimes mm-hmm. just want to be heard. And when you can express a hurt or, um, you know, get to the point of vulnerability, I think you're much more likely to create a solution for two people um, rather than you owe him or he owes you or you did this or he did that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And like I said, you do that beautifully. I don't have to tell you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, but it's more, but, the, but there's more professionals in this field than, than me as a mediator. But yeah. I, because I think a lawyer can also listen and an accountant can also listen. Yeah, and I, so I think what you're saying is remember that you're dealing with a person. Yeah. You're not dealing with something on paper. You're not dealing with like the breakdown of assets. You're dealing with a person who's going through turbulence and they're yeah. probably not behaving at their best. No, 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 no. And also what I say to people that those numbers on the whiteboard, yeah. they're not numbers to you. They're your entire life. Exactly. And there's people's dreams and aspirations and what they work for together mm-hmm. and, and all of it. So yeah. it, it, it really um, stands for something else. So I think if you're a professional, regardless of what you do, yeah. um, I, I really like what you said. It's always real people with real children yeah. and not um, to start because you do it every day, start going through the motions. To get of, complacent. Yeah, yeah, to go, whatever, yeah. okay. Thanks for that information. <laughs> what can we practically do? But let's sort it out. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. Like even down to an accountant or real estate agents or pe- like lots of people are involved in this process and it's like mm. you're dealing with a person and you have to have a little bit of compassion for the fact that they're often looking for a bit of a stable hold as well where they're feeling a bit lost and it's like, what can I grab onto? You know, what's yep. something that makes me feel secure because everything is so uncertain and insecure right now. Yeah, mm. great. I really like that. Mm. The other thing you talked about is the internal and external story attached to your change in circumstances. Mm. So what is that? So what I meant by that, I think, if I read the article again, I'll tell you. No, (laughs) what I mean by that is um, your whole, like what you just said, that's your dreams and your life and your asset and your whole identity. So I was um, 17 years in the marriage. So my identity as mum and wife all of a sudden was separated woman and I know when I had to go through some of the paperwork of um, separation like there's layers of pain you think you're doing well and then you do something like going through some paperwork and it's like ew I'm not mrs so-and-so anymore oh, right yes. yeah and it, and it brings up that trigger again so um, working through who I'm gonna say 
who the fuck are you now? Mm-hmm. Right? Really, really important to go back and give yourself that space and time as well. Because I think a lot of the time, or certainly for myself, it was like, who was I before the marriage? But I was in my 20s then. So yeah. I'm not the same You're definitely not 20 <laughs> Exactly. I hate right. to break it to you. No. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Not really. yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. But uh, you're not out drinking every weekend now. Um, but, you know, like, okay, cool. So without the marriage, without the drama, without the... Um, codependency like whatever's gone on in that relationship without having to hold you know everybody up or take care of your children like well then who are you and we are we can often to depending on our family history have a really negative view of what you should and shouldn't do Hmm. yeah like you just work it out and you should just stay because of the children or whatever else and we had conversation about that as well to say that you know if you stay for the children like what impact does that have you know it doesn't so I, from my point of view, separation doesn't have to be bad at all because there's, no. there's actually some benefits to it that I see on a regular basis. Some of them are that one parent who never really uh, parented that much because the other person was always doing it is now actually stepping up and the kids spend much more quality yeah. time. Um, well, if people are more happy and, and yes. feel much better and the kids are not sucked into the drama cycle, as you call yeah. it, um, that can be really positive. So I think it's really important also when you've made a decision to also go, well, what's really great about this there's not yeah, a, you know, some things are not great and I think but... that's a bit faith-based as well like I knew I didn't know it like in the real world yet but I knew within my soul that we would both be better off and therefore our children would be better off and I remember having that conversation with him saying they'll have two happy homes which will be so much better for them than one um in unstable home you know and he was not convinced <laughs> But we're there, you know, 12 months down the track and they've got two happier functional parents and um, some of the things that we were observing, you know, in the kids, like ailments and stresses in the kids, they're just completely gone because they do have a really solid base, you know, and we both worked really hard at that. That's been tough at times when you just don't want to see the other person, but you're like, we're parents. We have to hang out. Well, and I think it's really important thing to say as well because that's something that I constantly talk about as well. You have to be able to... Um, separate your needs from your kids needs yeah. which is really hard particularly Sometimes you if you just want to be a baby and spit the dummy yeah that's know? right yeah. but also <laughs> i think that also um means you need support to be able to regulate your own emotions and and, so and, and because if because you need to be able to have that emotion you need to be mm-hmm. able to to work through just a human being as a yes. parent as well which is human um but you can't have your kids Uh, be responsible for your emotions and that's really tricky and this is where the friends and family thing comes in because your friends and family don't want to see you hurt so when you ring them in tears or you ring them in anger they're on your side Mm -hmm. and they're like oh my god i can't believe it and that's exactly what you want to hear at the time but it's not always the best outcome you know it escalates conflict exactly that's right and so to have a third party person who has no agenda who can pull out your own emotion and work through that with you and even your patterns of behavior and go like let's observe this from a different point of view so that you can come back to center and then have a conversation because yeah that yeah. is that it also it escalates but it builds on top of each other as well yeah and then people get to get more right and get more entrenched because oh so God. when we have an opinion about somewhere and we ask the most amount of people and that everyone agrees with them are like well now it's true everyone says it is true now. that you're in the wrong and yeah. i'm in the right yeah, yeah exactly. and he's doing that on the other side and <laughs> yeah. that works beautiful and so it's it's, yeah yeah but it but it does take something to to do stuff and it doesn't mean and you might have not been able to do it every day either like you, people right. don't have to be perfect but it's about going okay yeah. this is this is what i really need to be doing yeah really recognizing your own triggers and even now like even now i still get massively triggered but it's like I, I have a rule, like, do not respond in the trigger. And that sometimes takes me three or four days. 
And yeah. that's okay. Like if he has to wait three or four days for a response, that's how it is. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to come back with a much more level-headed and adult response than if I respond in the trigger, if I'm pushed to respond too soon. So, mm. Yeah, that's really great. But it sounds like you're really clear on your own emotions. You know when you're triggered. Because Let's I think a lot of people so. actually don't. Let's <laughs> I've worked a lot long enough in this space. My turn now. I said to someone the other day, um, for the last kind of 12 months, the teacher had to be the student. I had to be the student of my own work, you know. No, it's awesome though, but yeah. I think it is great. Well, I, I think you shared a lot of really great tips for everyone. So for professionals and for people Thanks going so. through this. And yeah. I think it's a really good. It also doesn't mean that when you're listening, that means you're done after a year. Like for Nikki, it's oh. been really coming to the other side but I do think it's important for people to get that kind of sense of you know how long something like this can take it doesn't mean you don't have ups and downs now but you you're feeling in a much better place now and you yeah. feel a lot more stable. Yeah, How do you lot, feel? Yeah, no, 100%. A lot, lot more like the um, the wobbly emotion has gone out of it and more clear on moving forward and seeing a path forward. So for the last 12 months, it's just been like, just get through the next day, the next week, whatever it might be. Just make sure everyone's okay now. Not really looking forward to my future. You know, so 12 months yeah. is down the track now. I'm like, okay, well, where do I want to be in five years' time? That's starting yeah. to look more possible, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's great. So, so before we close, one more last tip for anyone who's in the thick of it and it's just like, just like you going, I don't, when you were 12 months ago, I don't know where to go or what to do. Because you gave lots of tips, but is there one more thing you want to say before? I think I'm really going to hone in here on the feminine intuition. So the thing that really stood out for me is um, it was... It was a question for me until it wasn't. So I was like, oh, what do I do? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I this? Should I that? When it dropped in, when I knew, I knew. And so like being really in tune with that feeling and it might scare the shit out of you, that feeling as well. And you might want to ignore it, which is completely okay too. I always say to my clients, if you get to that point and you recognize it and you don't want to deal with it yet, that's cool. That's totally your choice as well. But really getting like used to or honing the skill of tapping into your trust, your self-trust and your intuition and your knowing, which sounds really woo-woo, I know. No, no, no. no. I think that's... That's yeah, for me it sounds pretty clear. Yeah, especially I think women have got this superpower called intuition and we don't always pay attention to it, but it's usually right. Yeah, and I mean, and if you're men listening, I'm sure you have intuition as well. So it's mm. just about like just I think what you're saying is really about going, okay, I really, you know, take time out to really actually work on this, what I actually want. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things yeah. I think if you're listening, what you can do, what I sometimes do when I don't know an answer to something is just to journal about it, like just even yeah. five minutes a day. And it's what do I desire? What do I want? And then you just start writing it without thinking about it. And then mm. it kind of or what's the prominent emotion that's going on here? Because getting yeah. beyond that, I don't actually journal like as in writing on paper. I actually voice note myself okay. because to verbalize it out comes to a solution for me so again that's just journaling yeah you know not no, no, paper, i agree yeah. it is really mm. about how whatever works for people it mm. doesn't have to look a certain way but to, exactly. to devote some time about it to actually not go through the emotion step away from it and really have some thinking about it and then trust yourself i think that's really 100 like percent. and isn't yeah. that the biggest thing like trusting yourself because and a lot of the time too the perceived um pushback that you're going to get is not actually there you think you're letting everybody down but you're not like parents and friends yeah and, um extended family oh my god what are my parents going to think they're they're going to want you to be happy you mm. know so i think a lot of the time i you know the the pushback that you think you're going to get no one gives a shit it's your life yeah, it's your life you have to deal with it yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well we 
you can talk for days. I already said I already said three times thanks so much, and then asked something else. But I'm really going to close it off now. So thank you so much, Nikki, and um, we'll um, hopefully see you again. Um, well, we might get you back on again soon. In Twelve months, hey? Yeah. <laughs> All right. See ya. Thanks, John.